ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries, presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. This is Daryl E.C.D. Fulton with Brian Allen and Professor Robert Bowman, Jr. Listen, folks, we uh, have an opportunity for you to call in. Uh, the lines are open, as Brian would say. It's on our dime, actually your dime, because you donate to the ministry. We'll let you know how to do that a little later. But start dialing right now on one 888 la talks one 888 Give our new screening guys an opportunity to answer this phone call. Get their skills up, because they're going to need them before they get fired. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Daryl and Eric's <laughs> ready to receive your phone call at one 888 talks one 888 2557, or you can go to our website at BibleInfoBrokers.com. BibleInfoBrokers.com. Folks, we are in a very exciting subject matter, but we opened all questions. The subject we've been dealing with is healing and prayer, but you can call in about any uh, open honest question you may have. Brian, um, before we go, uh, before we give people the, the most ultimate healing of all times that's going to happen, let's finish the uh, phone call with Steve and uh, bring Dr. Bowman back up. Uh, and uh, let's get back into the subject matter that we were dealing with. Steve, are you there? Are you still there with us, Steve? Yes. yes okay, yes, okay, Dr. Bowman. Steve was. Um, uh, you do remember uh, what Steve's issue was? Yes. He was saying that he was um, in a Pentecostal church and he saw some healings and things like this. Right. Uh, well, since I'm uh, not there, uh, or wasn't there, and we're not there now, right. uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you know how to address that specific thing, except to say that uh, if if this was, uh, uh, you know, I think he was referring to this as something that happened uh, quite a while in the past, and uh, that kind of really supports the point I'm making, which is that miracles happen at different times, but they don't happen all the time. Uh, I would like to comment about uh, the reference to the epistle of James, uh, really looking at, I think, at James chapter 5. About the elders? Uh, spe mm -hmm. Yeah, especially uh, verses 14 to 16 about about uh, uh, the prayer of faith offered by the elders of the church. Uh, I think that in the context of the entire epistle of James, we have reason to understand that James is not uh, making a broad generalization about all sicknesses being healed in the church through prayer. I'd give three reasons in support of that, uh, that conclusion, that that's not what James is doing. The first reason, it comes right from the immediate context there in James chapter 5, uh, where James gives the example of Job in the Old Testament, who had suffered for a long time. And in the book of Job, uh, uh, when Job finally was healed, it wasn't because people had been praying for him. It was simply God granted the healing uh, after Job had suffered uh, quite quite badly. Uh, so... If you know James refers us to that example, then we should take that example seriously. Uh, James also, in the immediate context in James chapter five, uh, refers to the example of Elijah. Uh, but this kind of fits what I was talking about because Elijah, though he was a man like us, happened to be a prophet, and uh, so not necessarily all uh, prayers uh, are going to be answered. Uh, in the way that uh, a, a divine message uh, from a, given through a prophet is going to be realized or fulfilled. And then finally, in James chapter 4, at the end of James 4, James instructs believers not to presume that they will live even tomorrow. 
uh, but to acknowledge the sovereign will of the Lord uh, in all such matters. If we don't even, if we can't even say confidently that we're going to be alive tomorrow, which James tells us that we shouldn't have that kind of, you know, sort of arrogant presumption that we know we're going to be alive tomorrow, uh, then we certainly can't know that we're going to get healings from every illness that comes along. Now, you know, I I think that this is an example of. Uh, you know, many many people are trying to find the right formula, as it were, or the right means or method to make uh, healing something that happens regularly in the church, and there just isn't such a method. Uh, I think dozens of them have been tried, and uh, none of them are uh, reliable. You know, God sometimes heals people. He sometimes even heals people in uh, context where people have some some misunderstandings. So God's free to do that if he wants to. Uh, but the rule has been uh, that there is no rule, that there is no means or method that you can set up if you just have the right church body and the right organization and you have the elders and you have them in the right place and they're doing it the right way with the right words and so forth. It, it's just not how it works. Uh, it's, hey, never, it's never shown up. It's never shown to work that way. I, I'm, Totally in agreement with what you're saying. I mean, no one, uh, if it be by the Lord's will, by His will, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and no person okay, goes great. from the next day to the next. I mean, it's up to the Lord's will. Um, but with that said, too, I guess, and I'm I'm very intrigued by your study. I want to say that as well. Um, but how about here's a here's a proposition to to your hypothesis. Could it be anything per se? based upon the actual living of the individual. Because now I look at Peter and how they would just be in his shadow. And I understand that he was an apostle, but it does say these things, these, these signs shall follow believers. And, and my question is, with your hypothesis, could it possibly be that it's the actual individual when it says, and uh, these signs shall follow those that believe? And then also with James where it says that, is there any sick among you? Let them call upon the elders, and they shall lay hands upon, and they shall. So shall, we know what that means. It, it will happen. It, it's a guarantee. So I'm not saying it, it, it's a contingent upon the Lord's will, but could it, in fact, be upon the righteous? And, and it's him in, with living within us, but it could be based upon their their righteousness. Elijah was a righteous man. Yeah, Steve, uh, before uh, Dr. Bowman answered that, I think, the, the, I guess, a real simplistic answer for me is that you, those two, you couldn't say that it would be according to God's will and then say, but, also. However, maybe I should say however. Well, but <laughs> I think it, it, it means the same thing. Is that better? i sorry, guys. And, and that's why I brought up early, you know, I, I look at the Apostle Paul. He wasn't healed. If any, right, right. if anyone should have been healed, he should have been healed. But he, he, and he went to the Lord. Okay, man of faith. Okay, he went to God once. Okay, God said no. Well, right. He went to him again, and then right. he said no, and then he went to him a third time. And right. again, that's the Apostle Paul. And what did Christ <laughs> said no? He said no. My right. grace is. My dad was healed from malignant thyroid cancer when I was eight years old. He died when I was forty something. Uh, I see. I have seen several th- individuals within the church where the elders yeah, have see, laid hands th- on individuals. I would say this. Let and, me say this, Stephen. Yeah. I, I need. To, I need to just uh, cut you short on that. Yeah. Only by saying this, 
Yeah. I wasn't there. No one is doubting what you're saying. I always have a sure, simple sure. principle of called OPP, and, it, and, right. it, and it's objective proof, please. So I would even ask you, even as eight years old, you, I'm not saying that these things could not have happened or did not happen. I wasn't there. I don't know. And like Dr. Bowman was alluding to, because we right. don't know, we, we, I think we can rely upon the scripture, as even Dr. Bowman exegeted the scriptures, uh, at least to a, a brief degree, in James. And what you even said, you can't have that situation, not a however or a but. You can't, you can't rely upon a sovereign God to do it his way and his his way and being sovereign. And at the same he is time, sovereign, but his that, word is his yes. word trumps out anybody else. And that's theology. what I think so that's I'm gonna, me think, personally, I'm going to believe in, and that, I'm believe you can, in his word. And that's okay. fine. And that's why we were giving the. I'm going to believe in the, his word. And that's, nobody that's fine. else's personal interpretation. We, we thank Guys, you very have a much for that. evening. God Appreciate bless it. You. God bless you. And uh, Dr. Bowman, this, uh, uh, colors like Steve and other folks will have that. Um, tremendous, I think, I'm not going to use, use the, the terminology dichotomy, but it's an issue whereby what you experience and what the Word of God says, and you say, I'm going to believe God's Word, that's almost implying that we also see God's Word, and we just uh, interpret it a different way, and uh, I think exegetically correct in this particular sense. Let's, let's get that phone number out again real quick. We do have some open lines, one la talks one 528 we got all open lines, you guys. And uh, we still got about 45 minutes left in the show, so we definitely want you to be a part of the broadcast. And again, it could be on this topic or any topic, one triple eight la talks unless our phone lines aren't working. one 528 But Dr. Bowman, please take an opportunity to re- uh, respond uh, uh, from Steve, what he just talked about. Sure. Well, you know, uh, and again, I'm not challenging his statements, but I can even just based on what he actually said, Mm -hmm. I think it still illustrates the point, because even in the uh, experience that he recalls uh, in terms of what he observed and and the healings that he says that he knew about or or witnessed, uh, clearly what what we're talking about is uh, not everybody, even in that church. Exactly. Uh, but rather uh, perhaps an unusual number of individuals. Uh, And just taking that at face value, it still confirms my uh, position, which is that uh, God sometimes heals people today, and sometimes it's uh, providential, and sometimes it's miraculous, and sometimes it's hard to tell which one it was. (laughs) But he doesn't do it all the time. So we shouldn't shouldn't, uh, be—we've got to stop— Searching for the right formula, formula to make yes. God do what we want—it's—we're not going to find one. You lose sovereignty. I mean, it, it, it's just the—maybe it, it's in my mind so at least clear. And I hope I'm not being dogmatic that God loses His sovereignty or the argument about formalistic healing or anything else like that. Whether it's formalistic healing or formalistic getting or receiving, uh, when you do anything in a formalist, God specifically says that, which they were alluding that He does in this scripture. But it doesn't show that he does. It takes away the sovereignty of God. Because how are you going to know? Those things that are revealed, that are revealed for us, but those things that are uh, mystery are those are mysterious to God. And I think one of the things are, why does he heal Rob and not Daryl? Why does uh, Daryl's dad and mom got to die and Rob and your, your mom and dad have to die and somebody else's mom and dad didn't die who's even older than ours, who may have lived a, a, a more wretched life, if, 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 if you can use that terminology. There's no rhyme or reason to it other than God's sovereignty, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we got a question from uh, from Reverend Phil. It says, For many years, faith healers and those who teach healing 
often quote Isaiah 53, and with his stripes we are healed, as a basis to say that healing is guaranteed in the atonement. Mm. I believe that the only thing guaranteed in the atonement is salvation. I have prayed for very devout Christian people to be healed, and they died. My mother at age 61 from cancer and sister at age 44 also from cancer, being two examples, but that won't stop me from praying for the sick. Please explain the meaning of Isaiah 53 with respect to physical healing, guaranteed or not. Uh, That's a great question. Uh, Let me read Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5, and I'm going to give a very literal translation here of those two verses. Uh, Surely our sicknesses he carried and our sorrows he bore, yet we considered him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellions. He was crushed because of our iniquities. The chastening for our peace was upon him, and by his scourgings we were healed. Mm. And again, that's Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5. And as, as you listen to those lines and the progression there, it becomes increasingly clear that what Isaiah is talking about are spiritual sicknesses, our sins, our rebellions, as he calls it, our iniquities, and the sicknesses there, the term sicknesses in the, uh, at the beginning of verse 4 is in context referring to our, our, our weaknesses that are of the spiritual nature. Now, it, that's only part of the story. The term can also be used to refer to literal physical sicknesses, and in Jesus' ministry, it was both, because when Jesus was here on the earth in his uh, mortal ministry as the, the, the Messiah before he died on the cross, Jesus literally did heal people of their physical sicknesses. But here's the interesting thing. He did it in order to demonstrate uh, his mission, which was to save people from their sins, which is exactly what Isaiah is actually talking about. And a great example of that is the famous uh, story of the healing of the paralyzed man or the paralytic. Mm -hmm. Uh, In that account, uh, which follows in Matthew, uh, very soon after Matthew quotes Isaiah 53, uh, he quotes it in Matthew 8, 17. In Matthew 9, he tells the story of the paralytic. Well, what happens with the paralytic is very interesting. The paralyzed man is brought to Jesus. Jesus does not uh, simply heal the man, but instead he first tells him that his sins are forgiven. Then the scribes who are there uh, watching react by thinking that Jesus is blaspheming because he's claiming to forgive the man's sins. Then when they're mumbling or grumbling about that, Jesus says, Uh, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he then turned to the paralytic and said, rise, take up your bed, and walk, and then the man did it. In other words, uh, Jesus explicitly says that the reason why he heals the paralyzed man is to show that he has the authority to forgive his sins. So what we need to understand in Isaiah 53 is that Uh, Jesus' healing of people's physical ailments was a sign of his ability to heal something even worse, which was their spiritual sickness, their estrangement from God, their sin. 
Now, I just want to make one other point here really quick. I absolutely believe in healing in the atonement. But the full, full realization of the promise of healing in the atonement does not come until the resurrection. Uh, Romans 8 is a key passage here. In Romans 8, Paul says that uh, we are still awaiting the redemption of our bodies. We've been redeemed spiritually, but we have not been redeemed physically. Our bodies are still subject to the same uh, process of decay and suffering and sickness and death. That does not change when you become a believer. You still have uh, to await the, resur- the redemption of your bodies which takes place, according to the Apostle Paul, in the future resurrection. So Jesus' death on the cross procured the basis for physical healing for everybody who believes in him. Perfect healing, but that isn't going to be fully realized until the resurrection. You know, one thing, Rob, I look at the fact, you know, know, people can say that uh, yeah, hey there, and and I and I'm with you. I believe in uh, healing as part of the atonement, but at the same time, um, and there's Christians that hold different viewpoints on this. But to me, I believe that we are in a sin cursed creation. So I could have cancer, and I could be healed of cancer. I could have something wrong with me, and I could be healed of that. But I'm still gonna die because my body is decaying. And because my body is decaying, I look at that as an illness, as a sickness, okay? Because of the right. fact that's not how uh, that's not how the creation originally was made. So once sin came into the world, uh, that sin causes death. And death to me is, is, is a corruption of my body, which I, I define as a disease. And, and I, so basically I'm looking at sin as a disease. Which again, I could have all the healing in the world for all, all types of ailments, but the fact is, I am still dying. My body is still decaying. Well, it's going to be, you know, the, the diseased body is going to eventually end up in uh, death. I mean, and uh, Jesus conquered death, uh, uh, Doctor Bowman. And uh, before we go in and continue with the subject matter about healing and uh, prayer and things like that, another question we may have: You use the word atonement. And every week on this broadcast, and like you did last week for us, I w- I'm going to ask that you explain that word atonement in light of the ultimate healing, which Pastor uh, Dr. Bowman, you had just described, as far as the ultimate healing of our sickness, as they talk about in Isaiah 53, which is the sin sickness of our soul. That's right. Yes, this is very important for people to understand. Uh, when we talk about uh, physical healing, In Jesus' ministry, the reason why he did that was because he wanted people to have the absolute assurance that if they came to him for forgiveness, uh, for reconciliation, for uh, healing of their hearts, uh, that he was going to impart that. That is something that we are guaranteed and that God promises us now if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. in John, uh, we read that that if we believe in him, that uh, we have passed from death to life. First uh, John 5, uh, 13, these things I've written to you that you may know uh, that you have eternal life, uh, those of you who believe in the Son of God. So we can know that. We can know that we have eternal life that will never die 
uh, that will be eventually impervious to any sickness and any disease, and we will have that because our fundamental sickness of the heart uh, will be completely cured because we have uh, been uh, had our sins forgiven by Jesus Christ. That's why he came. He came in order to die on the cross to uh, as a blood sacrifice uh, sim- uh, that was uh, had been symbolized uh, in the in the uh, under the old covenant through the animal sacrificial system in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. Those those sacrifices on the altar in the temple symbolized or, or anticipated uh, they were types of uh, what Jesus was going to do for us. In dying on the cross, he took our uh, our sins. He he made the great exchange that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 5.21, where Paul says that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, yes, yes. to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This has been called the great exchange because he took our sin and we get his righteousness. And he took our sin by by being that sacrificial lamb on the cross, as John the Baptist called him, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So Jesus did that for us. And if we uh, look to him and trust in him as our uh, sacrifice, as the lamb of God who took, takes away our sins, then we are freed from the guilt and condemnation of those sins, and we have the assurance of God's love and of our eternal place with him in the new heavens and new earth uh, on the basis of what Christ has done for us. It's a free gift, uh, not something we can earn. It's not something we can repay him for. But as Paul says, uh, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's uh, Romans 623. So this is what Christians call the gospel. Uh, It's the power of God, Paul says also in Romans 1, 16, uh, the power of God for salvation to everyone who puts faith, uh, has faith in Jesus Christ. So this is is the message that we want people to hear. We can uh, discuss and and uh, try to try to be precise and, and and work through these these difficult questions about God answering prayer and why sometimes we don't get what we ask for and and why sometimes good people suffer and bad people sometimes don't. Uh, but the the bigger message here that we need to learn is that uh, uh, Jesus does offer complete healing to us in the gospel, and it starts with the healing of our hearts, the healing of our souls, as we put our faith in him. You know, uh, Dr. Bowman, I like the way you said it last week. Uh, Even though I wasn't here, I do listen in, so I can always know what's going on, because what you said last week was that you don't have to pass a test, and thank God you don't have to pass a test and get some kind of theological PhD to be able to receive this salvation to appropriate what God has, through Christ, has already prepared for us in the atonement. And that is, uh, it, it wasn't free, but it's free to us, as it were. That's right. 
one triple eight LA Talks is the number, folks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Brian Allen, Dr. Robert Bowman, Daryl Easy D. Fulton. Please give us a call. We see you on there, Cheryl and Jerry. We're going to get to you in a moment. Um, but right now, um, we don't have any emails right now. I think we can send the people to our website at bibleinfobrokers.com, bibleinfobrokers.com, and you can send us a question by way of email that way. Or even go on to Facebook. You can navigate from there. But let's go back to the phone calls, gentlemen, um, and talk with our good friend Dan from South Bay. Brother Dan, thanks for calling in. Hello. Hey, brother. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Good, 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 good. Uh, Always good when I'm listening to you guys. Very good show. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, it. My question. Uh, hello, Dr. Bowman. Hi there. Uh, my question had to do with, I was asking the same question that somebody already just asked about, about Isaiah 53 and uh, through his stripes we were healed. Uh, Peter, First uh, Peter 2 also says the same thing. He picks up the same thing. And, and you answered it in saying that it can be both both our spiritual healing and our physical healing. Dan, if I could write quick, I think that the, I don't know if Dr. Bowman you used this word, but the way I took it was ultimately our physical healing in that we were going to receive a resurrected body because of what Christ did That's in, right. in that situation. And, and also, the, yeah, it, it was uh, the physical healing was fulfilled in uh I think Matthew eight eight seventeen, I believe it was. Yes. Yeah, where it says, in order that uh, was spoken through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, saying he himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. So, so the physical healing uh, aspect of it was fulfilled in in Matthew eight seventeen. I, I'm glad that Dan brought up First uh, Peter two uh, because, in fact, uh, Peter clearly understands uh, Isaiah fifty three. Uh, verses 4 and 5, as referring to uh, spiritual salvation. Uh, Peter writes, uh, who himself carried up our sins in his body on the tree, so that dying to sins we might live to righteousness, by yes. whose wounds you have been healed. That's First Peter 2.24. And so he's using the language of Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5 there, to talk about the fact that Jesus... Uh, uh, heals us from our sins. That's very strongly emphasized in that verse. And it seemed like whenever Jesus healed, he did it so that they would believe, uh, and for the greater good, which is our, which is our. Uh, if, as Paul said, if Christ be not risen from the grave, then our faith is in vain. But the, uh, but also when we go to communion, the sacrament uh, through sac through the. Through communion, it also talks about our healing, uh, our yeah. body, as well as our spirit, correct? Yes, and, and you know, we we don't want to completely dissociate sin from right. Uh, right. what happens in the body, uh, but right. sometimes people get sick, and it's not because they sin. Uh, right. You remember the famous... But because uh, sin's in the world. Yeah. <laughs> right, but yeah, because we are living in a sin-cursed world... Uh, yes. Ultimately, all suffering and, and death is the result of sin. But if some individual uh, gets sick, it doesn't mean that it was caused by him committing some particular sin. Uh, I think of the account in John chapter 9 of the man born blind, where the disciples asked Jesus, who, who committed the sin here? Was it him or was it his parents that he was born right, blind? Right. Jesus said neither one. 
So we want to be careful not to do that, of course, but but in the same time, obviously, all uh, sin, uh, suffering, all uh, blindness and sickness and, and death is the consequence of the fact that we are uh, in a sinful condition, our sinful race uh, as a whole, and that's the reason for it. Yeah, okay, Dan. Go ahead, Dan, real quickly. If I hang in there under death, uh, to be absent in the body, to be present with the Lord, I can say, you didn't heal me. He said, well, aren't you standing here? There you go. (laughs) Uh, Last last thing, when you talk about middle ground you were talking about earlier, um, I kind of find myself in middle ground between Arminianism and Calvinism. Okay. Being a pretty safe place. Anyway, I'm done. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. (laughs) Hey, hey, Rob, the, the verse you just used, i got to share this. Brian's going to really appreciate this. Brian knew I used to play tennis back in the day. And I used to use that phraseology. Yes, you did. You knew I played tennis, you bum. Anyway, I used to use that phraseology you just said. Who sinned? Uh, was it you or your parents that you have that doubles partner? Well, to my opponent. That would used to be one of my lines. To open up the gospel, Rob. To open up the gospel, not to antagonize my opponent. I try to use those scriptural verses out of context, as it were. But at the same time, it kind of opened up some conversation. So, ladies and gentlemen, one triple eight LA talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Doctor Robert Bowman, uh, Brian Allen, myself, Daryl Easy Fulton. Please call Daryl and Eric. They're getting too comfortable over there at one triple eight LA talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. We have some open lines. Let's go to. Uh, uh, Jerry, sure. Hold on, you're gonna be next after Jerry uh, from El Monte. Jerry, thanks for holding on and calling in. How are you guys? Doing well, Jerry. How hey, are you, Jerry? Sir? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, oh, Jerry, before you say anything, Brian, I don't know why you didn't speak up for Dan. Dan didn't say hi to you, and I know you're a little upset about that. Oh, so that's Dan, okay. Send that's him an email, Dan. No, he'll see, email. He's, no, but he texts me every every week. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, what's your question, brother? Uh, Mike, um, Brian, you brought up um, um, about uh, uh, Paul that three times he asked the Lord to heal him and the Lord re- returned back to him. But uh, I found a reference in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And um, isn't it sometimes when the Lord don't, don't heal us, he's testing our faith? Or, or uh, if we know that we're not going to get healed by our Lord, somehow we, we know between us and our Lord, we will understand what he's going through with us. Yeah, and and I don't have a problem with that. It still doesn't negate the fact that he wasn't healed. And so. Paul Paul in that case. Yeah, Paul, speaking of Paul. So again, it's, you know, it's going to go back to what I, you know, what I read earlier. This, and I love this little clip that I saw. And I, I, again, I cut it out and I taped it to my body, uh, my Bible. It says. (laughs) Hey, Dr. Bowman, he's tattooing again. I'm tattooing, yeah. It, you know, it says, you know, God does, uh, you know, God doesn't have to answer prayer, but he does. God doesn't have to heal, but he graciously does. Healing never, therefore, is a divine obligation, is a divine gift. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so we, when we don't, when we don't. Verse 9, he, uh, the latter part of his, of his saying is like, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so yes. that Christ, right. his power, may rest on me. Now, this is very important to understand that when he says that, he doesn't mean so that Christ's power may heal me. Right, right. The power of our God in us. The power of Christ in, in Paul was effective in his ministry to others. It wasn't something that gave him 
freedom from infirmities or freedom from weaknesses himself, but it was rather uh, something that en- enabled him to minister in a very uh, powerful and, and effective way to others. You know, and, and this is very important to understand that in doing that, in, in having that where it wasn't for himself but for others, it was uh, he was imitating Christ. He was being like Christ. Christ Sir. came into this world to suffer mm-hmm. our weakness, our uh, death, in order to free us from it, ultimately. And so uh, Jesus didn't come uh, with his power for his own benefit. He could have stayed in heaven, you know. He came and experienced our mortality, our, our tiredness, our weakness, uh, and ultimately, the the excruciating suffering and pain and death of the cross, in order to free us from it. And then the apostles uh, were they had the power of Christ in them again, not for their own benefit, but for the benefit of ministering to other people. Amen. And, 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 and Jerry, thank you for the call, brother. Uh, you, you know what, uh, yeah, Daryl and Rob, thank you again. Um, uh, Reverend Phil brought up a good point, too. He sent another uh, email. He always emails us with good questions. But this is something that's very important, and we've, we've heard it before. He says that, I forgot to mention that many teachers tell people that the reason they didn't get their healing or something that they were praying for is because of sin or a lack of faith, not tithing or something else. And I've heard people say that Paul wasn't healed because he didn't have faith. And, and and that's pretty sad, uh, you guys, because uh, that is totally unbiblical. But the sad thing is, because of uh, social media and, uh, you know, nine million television stations, you see a lot of ministries on TV teach that, that, you know, you were not healed because, one, uh, you did not have faith, two, you did not tithe, and... Uh, and uh, and be or because of sin in your life, and you, it's it's you know it is funny, Daryl, but it's sad because people are yeah. caught up in that, and and I know Rob, I think Rob, you wrote a book on on the on the word faith teachers, and, uh, and that's that's one of the things they t- they teach. And Dr. Bowman, if I can ask you, uh, and the reason why I even chuckled, I wasn't laughing at the idea these people go through things like that, and that, that is being taught. What I was chuckling at is just the 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 mere idea of me having to keep a a booklet or keep in my mind and keep a computer program to the sins I may commit, wittingly, unwittingly, omission, commission, and make it a one-to-one correspondent to the things that's going on in my life, a hangnail to post-nasal drip. I'm just trying to imagine a person in their mind have to deal with that idea alone to try to connect those things to what may be happening in my life. Yeah, I, I really think that this kind of uh, rationalization is an attempt at uh, uh, explaining why it doesn't work. Uh, you know, the, the, these teachers set up this expectation that if you have faith, if you just claim uh, these things in faith, then uh, then they will happen for you, and that's guaranteed. And then when it doesn't happen, they have a long list of excuses why it doesn't happen, and it's basically always your fault. Well, we don't see this in the Gospels. Uh, Jesus didn't uh, uh, talk to people first and say, well, now, before I can heal you or heal your son or your daughter, uh, uh, we need to go through this little uh, uh, questionnaire here, and we need to make sure that you have no unconfessed sin in your life. And by the way, have you been uh, giving to the temple treasury enough? And uh, on and on and on and on and on. He didn't do that. 
and furthermore, uh, he didn't even, and this is really important, when people talk about, oh, well, they, they didn't get healed because they didn't have enough faith, mm. what they generally mean is they didn't believe sufficiently that they would be healed. Uh, having faith in this context is understood to mean not just believing that God can heal you, but that He's going to do it. And so if you're not sure if He's going to do it, then you don't really have faith. That is not biblical. Jesus, when He uh, healed people, He didn't ask them if they knew that He was going to heal them. He just asked them if they believed He could. And in fact, there's the... uh, a wonderful story where uh, Jesus was approached by a leper, and the leper said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, if I am willing, yes, I am willing, and he healed him. (laughs) He didn't say, well, now that's not sufficient. You have to know for sure that I'm going to do it, or you can't get it. That didn't happen. uh, We have have been taught, uh, sold a false bill of goods here by people who are their, their whole ministries, and I'm sorry to be, sound cynical, but their whole ministries are based on a kind of shell game where they say that they're, they've got this wonderful thing for you, this wonderful uh, uh, product, which is absolute guaranteed healing. You just have to do it the way that you're told, and then you find out uh, that uh, there's a 40-page uh, little manual of instructions in very small print, and if you don't master every single step of it, you're not going to get what you wanted. Wow. You, you know, Darrell, I think, Darrell, we were at, we were at a Benny Hen convention i think i don't know if they, they came up to you daryl but the one lady said you know we were talking about the false teaching mm-hmm. and you know and this is what it was sad and it, it just broke my heart when the lady says i don't care if it's false teaching i'm just tired of being broke, broke yeah you know uh, along with that uh what you're just saying uh, dr bowman and, and, and brian what you're alluding to uh somebody you might be familiar with uh dr bowman a gentleman that have a tape on on the youtube you can get it it's called errors of positive confession it's only an hour 13 minutes and 30 seconds i'm looking at it right now and the gentleman's name is walter martin and he talks about the very thing that we're dealing with right now about the error of how something when you try to reduce god to a formula how it's errors in that and again like i said come out of science of mind and transitioning to the faith movement it was a smooth transition but yet i knew it was wrong and and dr martin writes a beautiful thing and you can just do it on youtube put in there errors of positive confession and you can bring it up and, and i'm going to well, say this if, if you've never listened to dr martin <laughs> i mean people used to call treat him, yourself yeah people used to call him the modern day apostle paul but just just a brilliant uh, man of, of god and just go to youtube and, and just i mean type in any any of right. his topics and exactly. it's, it's phenomenal any more? We got some more callers, uh, Daryl. All right, let's go to Cheryl, as I promised, from Monrovia. Cheryl, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hi. Hi. My question is, it's, I've only been a believer for a year, and, um, you know, you hear a lot about deliverance and different things. And so um, I know that in the Bible, and, and I don't know all the Scripture numbers, but it says that God did not give us a spirit of fear. So I was wondering if there's a spirit of fear. Is there, like, other spirits that sometimes can affect your health you know, demons, let's say, and and those need to be uh, cast out. Because I know in Jesus in the New Testament casted out demons, and there was no nothing like that in the Old Testament. So that's just my question. That That's an excellent question. And Dr. Bowman, I, I'm glad you brought that up in dealing with the idea of what Jesus did with the demons. I would say this to you, Cheryl. Yes. The demons knew 
who Jesus was. You can read that right. in the Gospels. And, and they almost was, uh, by their the mere fact that they knew it was, they even said, are, are you coming before our time? Is, I mean, is, is our time is up? Why are, you, why are you doing this to us now? But Dr. Bowman, deal with the idea that she's talking about casting out demons and the diseases that we may have. Right, right. Well, uh, the, the statement uh, that Paul makes uh, that we have not been given a spirit of fear mm-hmm. Is, is not saying that there is some kind of a demon of, a demon of fear that inhabits some people, uh, but rather is, is contrasting, uh, the, is saying that the Spirit of God in us is not there to make us afraid, but is there oh, to find okay. and, and so forth. So there, there, there's, uh, this, there's a, a popular idea in our, our culture, and particularly in a certain segment of American Christianity, uh, a kind of a fringe segment, but it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty well represented, unfortunately, that thinks that there are numerous demons or evil spirits that do certain things. So there's a, there's a spirit of, uh, of uh, uh, greed, and there's a spirit of lust, and there's a spirit of uh, materialism, and uh, there's a, a popular book uh, that uh, I wish I could ban, but, uh, you know, in the spirit of American <laughs> freedom and capitalism, I can't. But it's called Pigs in the Parlor, and it's a great example of this. At the back of the book, uh, the author lists uh, uh, pages and pages of alleged names, names of demons that you sh- you're supposed to read through it and f- discern if you have any of these demons bothering you, and if they do, then you need to... You need to pray for uh, deliverance from these demons, and one of the demons is the demon of anti, uh, the demon of intellectualism. Ooh. So it, I, I probably have that, according to this. <laughs> there you go. Um, so th- this is a complete mistake uh, in the Bible, uh, uh, and, and we see this especially in the Gospels. When somebody is demon possessed, uh, when somebody has a demon, they don't just have some kind of a let's say, some kind of a moral problem or some kind of a difficulty or, you know, uh, makes them have a limp or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, when somebody has a demon in the Gospels, they are incapacitated. They are out of their minds. Uh, they're denying, crazy. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're foaming at the mouth or something, and they ha- somebody has to bring that person to Jesus to have the demon cast out or... That person's just running wild. As in one case, uh, there was a guy who was just running wild and, and making everybody in the town scared, and Jesus uh, uh, basically initiated the contact, went up to the man, and, and forced the demons to flee from that man. So uh, demonization in, in, the, in the New Testament is a very serious and very unusual phenomenon. We don't see it very often. If you did see it, you'd think the person was crazy, not just that they had some kind of, you know, what we would consider a normal problem. A lot, you know, everybody's got problems. Everybody has weaknesses. They have vices. They have bad attitudes, uh, you know. Uh, but there's no demon of grumbling, you know, that has to be cast out. Uh, those kinds of, of behavioral issues, those kinds of uh, moral weaknesses and things of that nature— those are the result of our own carnal, physic, our own carnal uh, fallen nature. We don't need to have something cast out. 
uh, we need to have something poured in. And that's the love of God in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We need to trust Him. We need to read Scripture. We need to pray. We need to get together with other believers. We need to worship God and get closer to Him. And, and, and we need to work through our, our uh, weaknesses and our problems and our foibles, uh, you know, recognizing that, that we're the ones that are doing those things, not some demon that's got a hold of us. Amen. Right. Okay. Hey, Cheryl, thank you very much for your phone call. Excellent question. That makes sense. Thank you very much. Very good. You yes, know, Cheryl really says well. something makes sense. Uh, thank you, Cheryl. Something makes sense, uh, Brian, also, that if we don't ask people to help uh, with the support of this ministry, then we'll get into a problem that we have, especially coming out of the summer months. Yeah, and, and we did have a pretty slow summer. Yes. And so, uh, first of all, I want to thank those that support this radio ministry. And uh, uh, sometimes I can't get enough, uh, I don't get emails out or letters out to thank you uh, all the time. But I do want to say, on uh, behalf of the uh, Bible Information Brokers, want to thank you. But we still need your support, okay? And, and I ask that you continue to pray for this ministry. Pray for the professor as well, okay, being out of the country. Uh, but uh, there's a, a way you can support us a couple ways. You can go right to our website. And again, do it if you believe in this ministry. Do it, do it if you believe that you've learned something today, that you've grown in your, in your faith week in and week out. Okay, uh, Go to the website, BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click the link that says Support and Donate. Okay. Uh, and you can give right then and there. You know, Craig uses the term, the devil, the phrase, the devil hates our guts, and he does. And he would like anything and would do anything to get this radio uh, program off the air. Well, there's a way you can keep it on, and again, and that's through your donations. BibleInfoBrokers.com, uh, click on the link, support and donate. You can also mail in a check, your cash is check, and uh, you can mail that to um, the Living by the Word, LBTW-BIB, P.O. Box 90477, P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 9009. That's 90009. And uh, just we want to thank you in advance for your donations and your prayers. Appreciate that. Dr. Bowman, if you don't mind, I know you didn't expect this, but I'm going to ask that you to share with the listening audience how they can check out your ministry and and, then offer some support of their, not only prayerfully, but also maybe in some kind of donation way or just supporting by getting the material. Can you let the listening audience know? And David, hang on, we're going to get to your call, which will be the last call of the day because we want to put a cap on our subject matter today that we spend some time on. So Dr. Bowman, please let the people know about your ministry and how they can support it and contact you. Sure. Uh, Thanks very much. Uh, Appreciate that. Yeah, our organization is called the Institute for Religious Research. We have uh, about as short of an e- uh, short of a web address as you can have. It's <laughs> i. dot org. That's one i two r's uh, dot org. And so, if you go to irr dot org, you can find out about our organization. You can find hundreds of free articles on our website on various subjects: uh, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, theological topics like the doctrine of the Trinity and the resurrection and the virgin birth of Christ, uh, biblical reliability and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not, uh, uh, we're, we're not in constant uh, fundraising mode, but if you uh, like what you see there and you want to support IRR, uh, boy, we would be very grateful. But anyway, just go to our website and, and make a, you know, avail yourself of the resources and see what we have there at IRR. 
org. And I'd also like to mention, as I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, that I'm about to uh, start a series of articles on this subject we've been talking about today regarding healing and miracles and faith uh, that's going to be on my blog, and it's robertbowman.net. That's Robert Bowman, and Bowman is spelled B-O-W-M-A-N dot N-E-T, and that should be starting any day now, and it will be a series of articles that will look at what the Scriptures say in great detail, a very specific uh, exegesis of the various passages having to deal with the subject, and I hope people will check out the blog and and uh, and see for themselves, and, and, and they can comment if they like as well. I really appreciate that. Dr. Bowman, uh, Brian was listening to your website address, and he usually pronounced it a certain way. Brian, which way do you pronounce Dr. Your, Bowman's sir, website? They tease me, Rob, because I go, Arr. What? <laughs> what is it? It's it's a pirate's favorite letter. R I because they used to say go to uh, go to irr dot dot org or dot com and you go and it sounded like I was talking like a pirate. You know? Oh, okay. I thought that's how you pronounce irr. I'm sorry, but it's it's, <laughs> it's irr dot org. Uh, Doctor Bowman, we really appreciate that. And let me tell you guys something. Um, even if you YouTube, I'm talking about YouTube with Doctor Martin. I actually YouTube one time, Doctor Bowman. I don't know if I shared this with you uh, months, maybe a year or so ago. I happened to catch a debate, and you didn't call it a debate. You guys actually called it a conversation when you were talking about uh, Catholic doctrine and uh, the differences between the uh, Protestants and the Catholics. And uh, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to hear somebody who's gracious in their delivery and not necessarily as harsh as some folks, and not harsh is not a bad thing. It's just a, a, a different style of, of, of conversating and debating, if you would. Dr. Bowman is my guy. I, I, really, I really like the way that you were gracious and how you dealt with your conversation in that particular talk. You guys even said it was a debate, but you guys called it something else. I think it was a, a conversation, as it were. And I really appreciate you, brother. I want you to know that. Well, thank, thank you. Uh, the other thing, too, to our listening audience, if you want to get to Dr. Bowman's website, the Institute of Religious Research, IR, you can go to our website, look under resources, Excellent. under favorite links, and you'll find it right there. There we go. Now, listen, let's take the last call for the day because we do want to give you an opportunity to close up, Brian and Dr. Bowman. Uh, David from Delano, thanks for calling in. Uh, yes, good evening, gentlemen. And uh, good morning, Dr. Bowman. <laughs> <laughs> he gets some extra love for that. That's right. Good job, David. What's your question, sir? Hey, uh, yeah, I, I caught the last half hour of your conversation, so uh, if you have already answered this question, that's the reason why. But uh, I'd like to know, uh, the individuals that came to Jesus that are recorded in the Scriptures for healing, which one of them did he say, no, I'm not going to heal you because... It's not God's will for you not to be healed. Now, let me just preface this and say that I, I sincerely appreciate the fact that you gave an explanation for people who have died of sickness that have been put on a guilt trip that they don't have enough faith. I, I'm, I'm on board with you guys on that, okay? I, I totally am on board. But which individual, because I, I have several references. I, I, where I, actually, I actually addressed it, and, and I'll, I'll address it again. Jesus okay. never did that. Right. That's yeah, what to say. He, yeah. He, when when Jesus was physically present with with people on the earth, he he healed everybody who came to him for healing without exception. And the reason he did that is because his healing people was a sign or a a a, a demonstration of his ability to heal them of their spiritual sickness, their sin. And of course, Jesus heals people of their sins when whenever they come to him for that as well. 
And so he did that for that reason. The other reason why he healed everybody who came to him is because he had the ability to do so. And as a human being on the earth, uh, we he had the, the it was his uh, duty really uh, to give people what he had because that's what God wants human beings to do. But when Jesus is not physically present with us as he isn't now, but is in heaven, uh, the, again as I explained earlier, and I'm sorry you didn't get to hear this, but it, you know we live in a created world in which God has ordained things to work uh, in a certain way and for actions to have consequences. So. Uh, God is not from heaven going to come and intervene every time something goes wrong or every, sometime, so, every time somebody gets sick, uh, because that would mean that actions had no consequences and that sin had no consequences. But no, you're right. When Jesus was physically present with us on the earth, he healed absolutely everybody who came to him for healing. Let me, I'll well, say this, David, before, because we went out of time, we've got to close yeah. up. I will say this, and I don't know if you're making reference to this or not, but in Mark 6, uh, 4 and 5, Jesus did uh, what people sometimes get confused, didn't do any miracles, making a reference about a prophet is not honoring his own home. But even after that, it says, but Jesus did lay his hands on a few sick people and he did heal them. So sometimes when people see that, they don't necessarily read it all together. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but I don't see anywhere where Jesus did not heal anybody when he was brought to him. Well, he, he didn't heal uh, people there in Nazareth because of their unbelief. That's what the Bible says. But anyway, no. I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking my call. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, David. Hey, uh, Dr. Bowman, we have about um, two minutes left. Uh, please take at least 90 seconds of that and uh, uh, close us out, and then Brian, and then myself. Well, 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 thanks for that. And this has been, I think, a very uh, good conversation. I'm glad for all the callers that called in with their comments and their questions. You know, uh, again, what we're what we're trying to do here is not discourage people from praying, but encourage them to pray with the right understanding of what prayer is about, which is about developing your relationship with God, going to Him with what is going on in your life, being honest with Him about your needs, about your struggles, about your fears, and uh, taking all these things to Him, understanding that God is sovereign, that He is. Uh, he's at work in your life, even when things are not going well, and uh, trusting him and knowing that sometimes uh, God simply allows us to go through what we're going through, but he gives us the spiritual strength uh, to face these things and to trust him and to grow in our relationship with him, uh, even through those things. You know, uh, Paul in Second Corinthians 3 and 4 talks about this, the the outer man is decaying day by day, but in, inwardly we are being renewed spiritually. And that is an anticipation of the total, absolute freedom from suffering, sickness, and death that we will experience in the resurrection. That is the hope of the believer. And we can be confident in that because Jesus Christ conquered sin and death on the cross and overcame them through his resurrection Amen. and give, gives us eternal life if we will simply trust in him. Thank you much, Dr. Bowman. Brian, 10 seconds. All right, for the uh, be, uh, beloved, while I was making every effort right to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. And that was Mama Rose's baby boy, and I'm Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy. And on behalf of Dr. Bowman, uh, thank you, Andy. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Eric. Nita, hanging out in the background. God bless you. we see you next week. <laughs>